the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Good morning, everyone. Um, I uh, thank you for joining us uh, today to uh, uh, listen to another episode of Let Us Reason. I'm your host, Al Fadi, and uh, uh, unfortunately, the last few episodes have uh, been dealing with some sad news related to attacks upon attacks. Um, it's, it's becoming like the norm now uh, to discuss issues like this. So, you know, uh, we talked about the attack in Orlando, and I did part one. Today, I'm going to come back again and visit it and do part two. But in the uh, last couple of uh, weeks also, you've probably been exposed to the other attack that I talked about, which is the Turkish attack uh, at the international airport. And um, I'm going to make a confession to you. Quite frankly, I never thought I was going to talk about those issues during the month of Ramadan, which uh, I've always grown up believing that as a Muslim myself uh, back then and now a follower of Christ growing up in Saudi, I always believed like any other Muslim that Islam uh, promotes peace and then uh, Ramadan is the religion of peace. Uh, uh, Ramadan is the month of peace, I should say, and the uh, uh, the pinnacle uh, of that peace because it's a holy month uh, where uh, Muslims strive basically to focus on God, worship, and avoid any kind of uh, attacks and violence, not only against themselves, but even against others outside of the community. Yet what we're experiencing is that ISIS and Al-Qaeda and Al-Shabaab and others really have no problem attacking even Muslims and killing them during the month of Ramadan. In other words, kind of like, you know, stabbing the Muslims in the back, uh, catching the Muslims when they're least expecting to be attacked. Many of the victims come from a Muslim background, basically, so that's why I'm focusing on that. And uh, if you've been listening to the shows that I did um, in the last couple of weeks on this attack in Turkey, I was focusing my theme on, is Islam a religion of peace that offers peace to Muslims? We're not talking just religion of peace in general. Can a Muslim feel peaceful or feels at peace, I should say, within the boundaries of Islamic state, uh, Islamic nations, their own country, their own community, when they're themselves becoming the victim now of those kind of attacks by the terrorist groups? So visiting uh, uh, or revisiting today the attack in Orlando. First, I want to uh, help uh, remind you of what happened. So we're going to listen to uh, this clip. I want to call it like the intro clip or clip number one. We do want to update you on the breaking news out of Orlando, the terror attack on a gay nightclub. Right now, at least 20 are dead, maybe more. The shooter also dead. Police say that he was well prepared. He was organized. They do not believe that he was from the area. More than 40 have been taken to a local hospital. Terrified witnesses describing the horror of hearing the gunshots, seeing people injured during the chaos. Let's listen now to what they've been telling us this morning. My son was in there with his boyfriend and two other guys. They heard about 20 shots. Get 
out of here. Oh my god, dude. That went bam, 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 bam. People screaming and falling. Everybody was running. I got a text message from my daughter and my two nieces. Please come and get us. Please come get us out because he's about to kill us. Nobody knew what to do. He's like, I don't want to look up because he's, you know, if I look up, he might shoot me. There was bodies everywhere, and I was crawling. I just kept crawling. I don't know if he was left in the club, if he got shot, or if he's being worked on here. I don't know. In the parking lot, they were tagging him red, yellow, so that they know who to help first and who not to help first. He said he was going to die, and he loved me. That's the last thing I heard. It's terrible. He's my only child. Oh, so much heartbreak and anguish from those families. We should point out that the Orlando Regional Medical Center just happens to be one block away from this particular nightclub. It is one of the top trauma centers in the country right now. They're still taking patients. And they, Dr. John Ashton was saying earlier that for each gunshot victim, they will assign six personnel. So six people for all of those 42 that so far have been transported to Orlando Regional. At the very least, we know that the victims are being well cared for at this point. We it is really heartbreaking uh, to hear those kind of um, reports. But um, as you know, uh, the incident was um, uh, Omar Mateen, uh, who is a uh, Muslim uh, from an Afghani background, uh, has a uh, security basically training, um, someone who uses guns all the time, part of his job, walked into this Orlando uh, club, the Pulse, um, supposedly a gay club, and uh, began to shoot people. And uh, took hostages, and then finally the police uh, and the uh, SWAT teams uh, stormed in and they killed him. But it was after hours of him uh, killing and inflicting harms uh, and injuries on a large number. And um, it shows that, first, he has no regard for the month of Ramadan. Second, he has no regard, really, for uh, people of other, um, you know, uh, belief system, uh, other um, basically... Um, uh, understanding uh, other um, religion, uh, um, whatever uh, the cause might be, uh, in his mind, he has no respect for uh, people's rights, uh, uh, freedom uh, to live and uh, to practice things uh, the way they assumed it to be right. Now, uh, uh, aside from arguing whether um, this uh, uh, behavior, for instance, uh, homosexuality in his mind was the right behavior or the wrong behavior. Aside from all of that, uh, still, if Islam is a religion promotes peace, you would expect it really to offer peace to anybody, even if Omar Mateen has issues with the homosexuality, as some reports says that his father uh, believes his action is not really religious in nature, but it was just a personal thing because he was disturbed when he saw two men kissing, but yet later reports surfaced that he himself had... Uh, uh, accounts basically uh, uh, tweeted uh, or uh, even engaged in different messages, private messages with uh, gay men. Uh, he even uh, dated some. Supposedly, he went to that bar uh, not just this time. It wasn't his first time. It was multiple times, whether he was scouting it or whether he was pretending or whether he indeed had lived that lifestyle and then uh, felt guilt and wanted to cleanse himself from that guilt. Who knows? But back again to the core. Is the Islam religion that promotes peace even against anyone who practices a lifestyle that is anti-Islamic teaching or values. 
You see, in Christianity, Jesus is the friend of sinners. That's his title, basically, one of the ways he was called by the Pharisees, the religious people. They were disturbed that he would go to sinners' house and he will be with them. Now, why would Jesus do this? Because Jesus wants to promote his peace that he can offer and the fact that he can cleanse people from any uh, sin that they are doing. And Jesus didn't distinguish between this lifestyle or that lifestyle or this behavior or that behavior. He was a friend of all, basically. Nevertheless, uh, contrast this with uh, what Omar Mateen action. Uh, according to his own, uh, basically, uh, action uh, and his phone calls that he made to the police, uh, pledging allegiance to ISIS, uh, to Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, the uh, caliph, uh, the head of the Islamic State, uh, making reference to uh, the Boston uh, Marathon attack by the brothers. Uh, they, uh, uh, you know, basically, as if he's saying, I endorse all of those things and I want to do my act as a confirmation of my following to them. So, Back again to the question, where is peace in this action? Uh, how does Islam offer peace? Where did Omar get these kind of ideas of violent? Does Islam actually promote such a thing? Oh, well, of course it does. Of course it does. Because if you look at the pages of Islam and the Quran, and you take a quick look at some of the violent verses in the Quran, we begin to read things that are very disturbing. Chapter 4, verse 104 of the Quran. And be not weak-hearted in pursuit of the enemy. Omar Mateen wasn't a weak-hearted person. Actually, they say in reports, the police reports, that he was calm and collected. He was actually talking on the phone. He even used Facebook, as a matter of fact, to live stream some of the things that he was doing. He even uh, tried to contact uh, his uh, wife. I mean, uh, this isn't someone that was really disturbed by what he just did or was confused about what he just did. Not at all. Chapter 8 of the Quran, verse 12, says this, I will cast terror into the hearts of those who disbelieve. Therefore, strike off their heads and strike off every fingertip of them. You see, the God of Islam saying, I'm going to strike uh, cast terror in the hearts of the unbelievers. Therefore, you as my followers are to do these actions now that will cast that terror. Do you think Omar Mateen succeeded in casting terror in the, let's say, the hearts of the homosexual community in Orlando, other homosexual communities, even in the U.S. in general? Let me ask yourself that question. Did he succeed in doing something like this? Chapter 8, verse 15 of the Quran. O you who believe, when you meet those who disbelieve in battle, turn not your backs to them. Okay? And we ask ourselves this question. How long have we been hearing that we are going to degrade and destroy ISIS? And yet, just a couple of weeks, I talked about the attack in Turkey by, supposedly, it has all the... Uh, hallmarks of ISIS attack, and intelligence officers and even the head of the CIA are saying ISIS is in no way retreating, not even showing signs that they are being degraded and uh, basically um, disappearing. Rather, they are rising and being stronger and stronger. In fact, just judged by the attacks. The attack that took place, for instance, at the airport in Istanbul, in Turkey, was so sophisticated that one would wonder 
How did ISIS learn those behaviors? Now, we're talking about an airport, by the way, that has an extra layer of security that surpasses what you see at our normal airports. In other words, there's a layer of uh, security before you even enter the terminal. You're not even at the security checkpoint yet. There is that layer of security, and yet they managed to distract by having one attack and allowing the uh, basically suicide bombers to enter, and the suicide bombers inside caused more havoc, more chaos, and then they detonated themselves. I mean, very sophisticated, basically, behaviors. That shows an organization that has all the time in the world to train not someone that is hastily in doing things or uh, reacting in panic, as some of the officials would want you to believe. Back again to Omar Mateen. What caused Omar to do this? Do we think Omar basically uh, in any way, um, shape or form, has ties to the Islamic terrorism? Uh, let's listen to a portion of this clip, clip number three. 9-11. Uh, something to, to, to shock let soak in. We've got Ron Hopper on the phone right now. He's the assistant special agent in charge, FBI in Orlando, and he joins us now. Uh, agent Hopper, are you there? Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Yes, we, we sure can. Thanks a lot for joining us this morning. So we're trying to parse the answer to the question posed by our Steve Ducey. Did the suspect have ties to Islamic terror? And the direct answer he got at that press conference that you were at uh, was, yes, we do have suggestions that he was inclined in that direction, something to that effect. What can you tell us about that? Well, what I can tell you is um, the the history that we know of this individual so far is that he may have made threats that he was tied to it. There's no definitive determination made at this point. Obviously, we're in the initial stages of the investigation, and we're running every lead to ground. I, I'm but sorry, Agent, clear- Agent Hopper, I think your phone went out for one sec. Just to be totally clear, he made threats that he had ties to what? There's allegations that the individual has made threats in the past to having ties to terrorist organizations. However, those have not been confirmed or vetted so far, as obviously we are in the initial stages of this investigation at this time. And Agent Hopper, that information coming to you from what? His computer, his cell phone, his, his social media, somebody who knows him, a family member? Where, where does that information come from, those allegations? Yeah, unfortunately, I can't divulge that information at this time um, because all these uh, things are tied to the actual active investigation. So we're trying to be as clear and transparent as we can because we want the general public to feel as safe and secure as possible. But at this time, that's not something I can share. Well, uh, so here we are asking the questions, does he have any ties to Islamic terrorism? And so far, we're not clear. Let's listen now to clip number four. Omar Mateen is seen here in pictures from his own social media account. His family was from Afghanistan, but he was born in New York. Today, his house in Port Lucie, an hour and a half from Orlando, was being searched. Those who'd known him expressed their shock. He was like outgoing, just like a regular young kid. He was a little younger than me, so he's, it's crazy. I don't know. Omar was a cool, calm, and collected person. He was never an angry monster, never seen him in a fistfight once in my life. So what led Omar Mateen to attack a gay club? His father claimed he wasn't motivated by religion, but was angry after witnessing a gay couple embracing in front of his family. But in the last few hours, so-called Islamic State issued this message, describing him as one of their fighters. But it's not clear from this whether they had any direct contact with him or just inspired him to act and are now claiming credit. 
The FBI have also confirmed he'd been investigated and cleared twice. Once for possible links to a suicide bomber and once because of concerns at work. The FBI first became aware of Martin in 2013 when he made inflammatory comments to co-workers alleging possible terrorist ties. The FBI thoroughly investigated the matter including interviews of witnesses, physical surveillance and records checks. Bombs targeting the Boston Marathon in 2013 made clear the threat of homegrown terrorism in America was increasing. Killings in San Bernardino last year more closely resemble events in Orlando, though. Then a married couple pledged allegiance to IS before launching a gun attack on their workplace. The FBI will now be scouring every detail of Omar Mateen's life. And as America struggled to understand what mix of hatred and ideology drove him, it will be fearful of what more may be to come. And the story continues. Deja vu all over again. Same attacks, same propaganda, same ideology, same promotion, same and same and same. The whole message repeats itself over and over again. You just change names and characters. At the end of it, there is the adjective Islamic that is attached to it. And that's where the argument starts, and that's where the argument ends. And that's where we have the two camps that are split. Is it Islamic or is it not Islamic? And I've been reading uh, for you in the last two years, not just today, basically passages and verses from the Quran that promotes violent and jihad and killing and dying in the name of God over and over and over again. Do you think decision-makers at the national security level, level are aware of those? Most likely they do. Do they really understand what these passages mean? I very much doubt so. Simply because I'm judging by their actions and reactions and the statements that come out of there, basically, tells me that they don't have a clue or if they really think political correctness is going to fix the problem then they have failed and failed miserably. And that's the problem. We are misleading many people with those statements, and many people includes even our own Muslim friends in their own Muslim communities, that we give them the impression that we know what's the core and the cause root of this problem, the root cause of this problem, and yet we're not listening to even any of them. Forget about me as a former Muslim. Are we listening to the likes of Dr. Jasser and others who want to reform Islam? Are we giving him the platform to help in uh, figuring out how can this issue be resolved from within? No, of course, because we politicians know best than the Muslims themselves should know best. This is the sad reality that we're living in globally, actually. I'm not blaming anybody in the U.S. alone. You see it in Europe. You see it in the Middle East. You see it globally. And um, unfortunately, everybody is in denial. And I have to really remind people of this, as you've heard it said many times before. Denial is not a river in Egypt. And therefore, we ought to really stop denying and face the music and begin to realize that there is issues and we have to deal with those issues. Now, let's ask ourselves this question now. 
We call Omar Mateen a lone wolf, and we're trying desperately to separate him from the ideology. But my question is, if you do not identify the ideology, and you do not know the cause root of this problem, and therefore you can go to the sources that teaches this, then how are we going to win such a battle? Let's listen to clip number five. Police in major cities across this country tonight are on heightened alert. This evening, the FBI and the police are now increasing security at the annual Pride Parade in Los Angeles. Federal authorities are struggling to track hundreds of people in this country who are believed to have sympathized with ISIS at some point. We've reported on this before. How do you track hundreds of people in this country right now? And the question tonight, how did this gunman, who'd been interviewed by the FBI more than once, slip through the cracks? Here's ABC senior justice correspondent Pierre Thomas tonight with questions for the FBI. Tonight, New York City police on high alert as authorities fear the possibility of copycat attacks. We have put all the police forces on high alert. There'll be extra deployment at places of mass gatherings such as this parade. Security stepped up on bridges, tunnels, the World Trade Center, and at gay pride events across the country. This is the FBI is scrambling to check for any misleads relating to Mateen in an all-out security review. The FBI was already under incredible pressure, tracking as many as 800 ISIS sympathizers in all 50 states. It is a resource issue and it's a prioritization issue. You're trying to determine which ones require the attention of the agents and the task force officers. And today, another scare. Police arresting this 20-year-old Indiana man, James Howell, after finding rifles and explosive materials in his car near the site of a gay pride parade. Police adding extra officers along the parade route. Our Matt Gutman was there. After that man was apprehended, L.A. Sheriff's Department is saying security here is beefed up. There are officers you see, but we're also told there are many undercover officers around here that you don't see. The motive unclear, but police say there appears to be no ties to the Orlando massacre. As Americans, we will not shrink away. We will not be stuck in our homes. We will not go back into closets. And Pierre Thomas is with us. He's also here in Orlando tonight. And Pierre, so many Americans watching this are going to be outraged when they hear that the FBI interviewed this lone gunman three times uh, and that nothing showed up that could have predicted this. David, the great concern is about copycats. Potential someone else will attack. And there's deep worry that there's a gaping hole in the nation's security system. Why didn't the system blink red when this man who had been interviewed by the FBI on terrorist suspicions bought those weapons? David? Pierre Thomas with us here in Orlando. Pierre, thanks. And that's the million-dollar question. If you look at the individual, Omar Mateen, as an individual, disassociate him from the ideology and the teaching, then you are going to have a heck of a battle ahead of you. You are going to struggle to identify one person at the time. But if you were to tie him to the teaching in the primary sources of Islam, then you can narrow down basically, the root cause, and you can now identify locations and places and people that are promoting such thing. And now you may have, you may, and I underline the word may, may have some hope of minimizing. You will never eradicate it. You will never remove it. You will never eliminate it. Read my lips on this. This is a religion that lasted for 14 centuries, and it will always be there. 
it is not going anywhere. So if you think you're going to fight jihad, then you're fighting the religion, and I'm afraid you're really kidding yourself when you think this way. I can tell you this. Uh, as a Muslim, I'm a Muslim. I want you to contrast these two passages. Here is what the Quran says. The Quran is asking his people to say to do this and fight with them until there is no more unbelief and the religion is for God. Contrast this now with what the Bible basically teaches in peace. I will both lie down and sleep for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. I'm your host, Al-Fadi. You've been listening to Let Us Reason. Thank you for joining us today, and I look forward to talking to you next week. You can always email me at sierraministries at gmail.com. Have a blessed day. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.